Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 190 of Dude and a Monkey. Uh, I am joined, as ever, by my co-host... Ian Loring, hello. And uh, as it is Star Wars uh, chat again with the release of Rogue One, we are joined by uh, our resident Star Wars correspondent. Hello, this is Steve, the Ginger Prince Nixon, and uh, I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. (laughs) (laughs) You are indeed, yes. Um, So, and this is probably going to become a feature, I think every sort of December around Christmas time, we're going to get Steve on to talk about the the new Star Wars fan, because he... he, It's nice to have something like the, uh, the mixture of me coming at it from somebody who they are, I'm not a hater, as I keep saying, but they're not... They don't hold a special place for me. Uh, Ian, who is a very much a, a fan, but not uh, quite the obsessive tilt fan. Um, and uh, Steve, they're, they're a very sort of special thing to him. So it's quite nice that we've got each kind of little little section there, apart from the, the whinging cunts, but we don't like those any guys anyway. So... Quite right. Yes, so we're going to talk some Rogue One, we're going to talk trailers uh, and some other bits and bats uh, while we... Uh, long um so guys has, has anything happened in the wonderful world of, of movies uh, this week because i've literally again <laughs> been too busy to go on any kind of social media my social media blackout continues so um actually um uh, we we are recording this and i've yet to put up last week's episode because my computer ate it so uh mark has sent me it so it'll be up before you hear this but we didn't touch on deadpool getting a nomination for best motion picture comedy or musical and ryan reynolds getting a best actor comedy or musical nomination for for deadpool which absolutely categorically shows that i do not know what i'm chatting about <laughs> Yeah, because you were you, you very much. I think you you officially said as we've gone from last week saying it was amazing the fact that you that you essentially named the new Fast and Furious movie to this week. Uh, I to point out the fact that did you say that there is no possible way that, that fucking film will make more than hundred million dollars? Yeah, I think I may have said one hundred and fifty million worldwide. One hundred and fifty. Um, I think I think you may have. Yes. What did it do about eight hundred and fifty worldwide? About 850 worldwide. Yeah, so yeah. well done, me. Congrats. Uh, I I could see it winning, to be honest. This is the Golden Globe. Weirder things have happened. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it, it, is, it is amazing. I think it's also... When you think about the category of how the category works, it, it's, it's actually kind of deserved as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the most notable films of the year. I mean, in terms of pop culture landscape, I mean, Rogue One for sure. Deadpool, Civil War, maybe. I'd say Deadpool's had more impact in Civil War. Yeah, absolutely. Deadpool has kind of, it shifted the, um, it shifted the comic book genre ever so slightly into the, oh, hang on a minute, we, we can do an R-rated comic book movie and make money. Uh, and it, it's kind of given them the license to do that, much is in a similar way as um, six or seven years ago, uh, the hangover kind of shifted the, the comedy um, genre. Yeah. 
background and sort of said, you know, I, I think that was boiled um, by, I don't, I'm not saying that it was the first one to do it, uh, because, you know, you had a, a number of things like Anchorman, for instance, and semi pro and things like that, but none of those made a lot of money, really. They made all right money. They made Will Ferrell money, but they didn't make sort of three, four hundred million dollars. And then the hangover did, and then you get a, a sluice of, of R-rated comedies off the back of that. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing is is, is debatable, certainly. Uh, but it's Deadpool seems to have kind of done the same thing for comic book movies and made it sort of okay for them to look at it and go, hang on a minute, that that Wolverine movie um, that that Hugh Jackman uh, has been wanting to make for years and have it as a proper R-rated and have you know a bit bloodier and have sort of a bit more language in it, etc., and make a proper story where we're not going, ooh, can we do that? Because that might tip us over a 12A or PG-13. Um, they've gone, do you know what, fuck it, let's do it. Mm. Let's give it a go. You know, we, we spend 30 million less on it and we spend a little bit less marketing it because we're not having to market it to the, the entire span of, of, of audience. And, you know, let's, let's roll the dice and see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, hell of a thing. I mean, the gold. Um, Brad's gonna be on at uh, some point, probably quite close in the new year, when it's like Oscar nominations time to um, yes. uh, have our have our chat with him. Bless him. He's been asking to come on, and it's just like, well, just tell us what you want to fucking come on yeah. for then. But um, <laughs> yeah, tell us whatever you want to come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But um, so yeah, there's that. But uh, I don't know. Aside from that, Steve, am I missing anything? There's a bit. There, there been anything else really? And not that it's come across my radar. What what is it up against? Deadpool. That's a good shout, actually. Um, Golden Globes best motion picture comedy. There'll be some random one in there, won't there? There'll be like silence will be in there because at one point somebody cracks like a deadpan joke and they've gone, ooh, comedy. It's got completely shut out. Actually, I, um, I don't think it, did it not did it not qualify for the Golden Globes? No, it did. It did. It did it? Yeah, yeah. It just like to be fair, it only really screened in the last couple of weeks. Okay, best. Best motion picture, musical, or comedy? Twentieth uh, Century Women, which I think is the new Mike Mills film. Um, Deadpool, Florence Foster Jenkins. Speaking of Brad, he worked on that. Um, La La Land and Sing Street. Also, oh, La La Land will win. La La Land will yeah. win. Yeah, it's not yeah. going to hope, has it? Um, but who's yeah, yeah. who's um, who's Reynolds up against? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Um, who we got? Colin Farrell for The Lobster. Hugh Grant for Florence Foster Jenkins. Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Jonah Hill for War Dogs. That's a random one. That is a random one. I didn't <laughs> know about that. I, I, I did notice that and go, really? I mean, don't be wrong. I am the one human on the planet who liked War Dogs. I, but... I, I, I have yet to watch it. I will, though. You, you should. You should. Mainly to tell me I'm an idiot. <laughs> but you should. But uh, all I can think of is that the person who chose that agreed with me that it, that it deserves it just for his <laughs> laugh throughout the entire thing. Nice. I think, I think Reynolds has got more of a chance than the film has. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think Gosling's probably going to get that, but Reynolds would be know. second out of that lot, I, I think. I, I think I think Laraland will get film, will get director, but I think I could see them going, well, hang on a minute, Deadpool is essentially just Reynolds. Even though, even though it's not, 
but I could see it being viewed as that and them saying, right, this is beyond just the performance. It's there's the whole marketing thing, which he was heavily involved in. The fact that he was heavily involved in just getting the fucker made. That Deadpool, the character, was was more than just the film. It was it was the whole thing, and that was all Reynolds. And I think that could come into play with this kind of thing in a way that there's no way the Oscars would do that. I can see that the, the, the Globes, despite the fact that they are farcical um, 99% of the times, I can see that kind of having a bit of an impact. Um, Paddy Power literally have Re- Reynolds last. Do they? Yeah, that actually, yeah, Ryan Gosling won one to nine on. Um, Jonah Hill was second. Is that because, I, see, again, I, I just don't understand that. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, not Ryan like Reynolds it, it's is... It's not like it did well. Ryan Reynolds is 25 to 1. That would actually be worth a little bit of a punt, I think. I, I, I'm going to have a punt on that. Totally agree. Totally agree. It's worth a fiver. It is, yeah. It's worth it's worth a fiver just, be, just, just because if it doesn't, you go, do you know what? I, be, I stood for something with that £5. And if you win, you go, well, I fucking told you. <laughs> That's fascinating. That is. Um, that Paddy Power seems to be the only ones of the bit the big ones actually offering odds on it. But um, in terms Paddy of Paddy Power will offer odds on everything. Um, in terms of the best picture, um, oh, that's actually that's interesting. Um, a bit of a variance, really. Bet three six five are offering fourteen to one on Deadpool, um, which would place it joint third in their ranking, and Dead uh, Paddy Power are doing thirty three to one. Uh, which would uh, place it joint fourth. Um, again, La La Land is like silly odds, like yeah. odd odds on. So I mean that uh, that fucker's gonna. I mean, like I, the, the 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 thinking seems to be that La La Land could be in for the biggest ops Oscar sweep since Slumdog Millionaire. Um, just which, because... which means. Which means it won't. Which means it, there'll be all the build-up, and then and then as it gets up very close to Oscar night, something like Fences will come out as no Fences going to win everything. Do you know what? Oh, fuck, man! If Damien Chazelle wins Best Director, I'd be so happy. I love that. Guy. I, I, I would because I mean I haven't seen La La Land yet, so I can't actually comment on the film. But the sheer ambition to off the back of um, Whiplash and you know the good grace he got for that and you know don't worry, it's a fantastic movie to to have the ambition to kind of do a bit of a, a Richard Kelly what he did with um, Southland Tales and sort of go I want to make a musical I'm gonna make a proper old school fucking musical and I'm gonna cast these big hot stars in it. And then for it seemingly to, unlike Richard Kelly, for it to work, this guy is doing what they're to do, throwing a passion project out there, but it's actually seeming like it's worked, which means whatever happens next, he could literally do what the fuck he wants next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially if he wins an Oscar. He needs to write a sequel to Grand Piano. Yeah, that's a fucking solid. I love thing, he but... fucking wrote Grand Piano. That's so random. And and Ten, I mean, he co-wrote Ten Cloverfield Lane as well. Um, he did indeed. Yeah. Interesting. Did he write a treatment for it? He's got a credit, so he, got did, a credit, some, he did a little something, something. But um, I think he wrote the second treatment for it. Interesting little, yeah, interesting little career that guy's got going on. Um, it, it proves he's got range, doesn't it? Yeah, fucking right, it does. Jesus. Um, yeah. Uh, right. Uh, yes. Should we jump into uh, trailers? Uh, what have you guys seen this this week? There's been a, a couple, but not 
too many. Go on, Steve. Why don't you start us off, bud? Um, I, I, I've seen a, a, a couple actually. I think uh, I don't know if you've talked about this on last week's show because, of course, Ian's not put it out yet. But um, the the Furious Eight trailer. Yeah, what do you think? We did we did discuss it, but what do you think? I, I think it's the trailer with the word family in the most times <laughs> in any trailer ever. Mm. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, I know they count the F word uh, in pictures, don't they? But uh, this is a new F word. God, they <laughs> drop it so many times, don't they, during that trailer? It is it, 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 heavy. And the thing is, after, after Ian pointed out to me how much that it, it said in the films, it's now a little bit like, like almost like every time it's said, um, I hear Ian say family in the back of my head. That, that's what I heard in the back of my head. So it's like this, it's like this little, every time it's said this little knock. It, it's it's almost venturing into parody now, though, isn't it? It's almost like they're looking at the camera and winking when they say it. Yeah, very much so. But yeah, that looks all action packed, doesn't it? Um, I'm sure yes. it'll I'm sure it'll do similar money to to seven and six. Yeah, it look, looks fantastic, and um, it, it just looks like it just looks like a big bundle of fun. Like, and, and the, if you're on board and you're liking that series and you're the person who wants to go and watch it, you're going to sit down for two and a half hours and you're pretty much safe in the knowledge of going, do you know what? I, I'm going to watch stupid fun and really enjoy it. And everybody's everybody's now set with this, that they're all, that they're made aware that, do you know what? You're allowed to enjoy this now. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Steve? Uh, just on the Furious 8, I, I was Sorry. just... Just pleased to see the state uh, appear there towards the back end of the trailer. <laughs> yes, the, the perfect addition to it. Um, so yeah, uh, I saw the Blade Runner twenty forty nine oh, teaser trailer. Oh, <laughs> it is. It, it's, it's delightfully delicious, isn't it? It's pretty spooky. Um, th- I've got to be honest. I'm not a fan of the um, the original Blade Runner uh, films. Uh, film rather, um, which I know is liable to get me lynched in in some circles. I, I, think, I think it, it is it's, one of those films. Yeah, I, I think I think that there's some because I know um, Noel's not he's not a huge fan of it. He, he said that he's not he doesn't dislike it, but just didn't click for him. And I think it is one of those films where because it's it it, it is very much one of the forefronts of sort of like that neo noir um, kind of uh, before that kicked off a little bit more towards the um, the early 90s. It was like the, the forefront for those. It, I think it, it'd be quite easy for it to just not quite work for people. Mm. But having said that, th- I mean, this is uh, th- th- this teaser is definitely getting me interested. I mean, I think they found a perfect fit with Villeneuve, um, uh, you, you know, to take this sort of franchise forward. And uh, I think Harrison Ford's found a bit of his, his mojo back. Um it, and, and, and looks like he, he could be up for this. So, yeah, um, I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it, having seen that trailer. Yeah, it's, it's nice, like you said, with, with Ford over the past couple of years to, to see him in stuff where he doesn't look like like he's gone through the script and crossed out lines and gone, I'm not learning that. I don't want to learn that. I don't want to learn that. I don't want to learn that. This end bit, get rid of it. Well, that's kind of quite pivotal. I'll just make a frittata. It's fine. And just, there we go, just... <laughs> No, none of that. That's just the script, Harrison. I'm going to sit here and look grumpy. I go, that's brilliant, that Harrison. And it kind of looks like he gives a shit now, which is which is quite nice. And it's, I mean, 
it's Deakins, so it's going to look beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just... I, I, I like that, you know, you've got the, the, the urban sprawl cityscapes going on there, but you've got new imagery to, to the Blade Runner world as well, like the, the kind of the desert type stuff. I mean, that looks fascinating. Like, Is that where he ended up after he went off with... Um, What's that? Rachel is that her name? Yeah. Um, at the at the end of Blade Runner, is that where he ended up? I mean, like she, I would assume, died off. Could you imagine if they brought Sean Young back for this? That'd be crazy. Um, but, I wonder how drunk she is now. Oh, She's had a lot of years. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, she, she she was nuts back then. I I imagine yeah. she's even more nuts now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I God you know, bless her. I mean, the score in it was that. Was that just the original score, or was there? Because Johan Johansson's doing the score for this, um, which after Arrival, that's absolutely fine. Um, and I, I don't know whether it, it, it's new score or not, but it kind of did seem like, like it had a bit of the bad jealous about it. Um, it, it, it. It definitely is. It, 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 it was um, the old score. It, it was as well, bad jealous. Oh, yeah. Well, fair, yeah, it was. fair enough. But it, it, I don't know. It's just. It's kind of mental that there's a sequel to Blade Runner coming. Um, and it's not directed by Ridley Scott. I think yeah. that is the most mental part. Yeah, I mean, and it's executive producer as well, which is kind of like, he's gone, yeah, all right then. Really, is it? It, did, it didn't mention that in the trailer, I don't think. Yeah, it, it does, does, it does Mark. It's, it's the first it, thing that comes it, up. It is, yeah, it is one of the first things that comes up after the <laughs> I know. title. It is, it, is like, it is like Ridley's gone. I won't direct it, but I want everybody to know that I am involved. Okay, you're actually being sarcastic. Well done. Yeah. You, 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 you convinced me. <laughs> I missed that. that. Yeah, so did I. Um, no, I. yeah, I mean, that, 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 I don't know. It's just... We've got this coming out next year. We've got Alien Covenant coming out next year, which I'm allowing myself to get excited for, which I'm scared about. Um, <laughs> and I, it just, it kind of seems like next year could be fucking amazing if it all goes right. Yeah, let's let's just hope that it's not another Prometheus. Oh, I fair not be. Fuck, man. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, I implicitly trust Villeneuve. I mean, the I think the only one of his films I haven't seen is Polytechnique, which I need which I need to get on. But the the the, the for me the worst film of his so far is Prisoners, and that's still really fucking solid. And if he's got past that movie, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. And if he's got the kind of the weird fucking atmosphere that Enemy created, like that. In a kind of in a Blade Runner world, that weird paranoia could be something insanely special. Um, yeah. Here's hoping, man. Like, I, yeah, go on. Then. I, th- I, th- I think, like you say, De- Deakins is going to make it beautiful. If he mm. makes it unsettling, that's going to be a really nice combination. Yes, straight up, straight up. It's, uh, I mean, like there was barely anything to it, but very, 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 very excited. Anything else? Anything else from you guys? Oh, I, got, I, I did. Uh, yeah, oh, go on, on, Ian. Uh, you go first. Um, I watched the new trailer for the Boss Baby, and I doubt everything yes. now. Yeah, I, I, I watched it as well because now I've got to because you keep watching it, and I know that I'm going to need to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So I this this provokes further questions. <laughs> it 
provoke something, yeah. I, like, why... Why Why is he smart when all the other babies don't seem to be that smart? Um, is he actually... I mean, I'm still not entirely sure if he is a baby or not. Um, I think he is now. <laughs> I think he is. You're way overthinking this film, bro. But, but yeah... But, well, no, I am. But, like, what is the plot? They're, they're going to destroy other cute things. Essentially, yeah. Right. I'm going I'm going to see this in the cinema. Um, yeah, I know we are. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, good. We're going to review The Boss Baby, because it's going to haunt my dreams if I don't talk about it. Do you, do you know what the weirdest thing is? I, I'd not seen the first trailer. I purposely watched the second trailer because uh, I, I knew you'd, you you would have done and would be talking about it. Um, but when I listened to you on previous podcasts talking about this film, I actually envisioned it being a a live action baby and a live action film, mm. um, aka look, look who's talking. So it, it gave me the, uh, the the surprise to to see it was it was an animated film, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I, I I do not look forward to the day when I have to go up to the counter and go, "Can I have one for the boss baby, please?" Uh, well, I'm going to bring my then three-year-old daughter, so I'm fine. Yeah, well, I'm I was going to say Mark needs to borrow somebody's child. I'm I, I'm going to go at quarter past fucking ten on a Sunday morning to see the boss baby on my own. Oh mate, I remember when I did that for Monsters University and I got so many weird looks. It was amazing. We we reviewed it at a kids' film a couple of years ago, and I had the same thing. <laughs> I still had like a woman who had like eight or nine kids with her. I went to see it, and then I went up and just went, and I have one thought. I can't remember what it was. We covered, and they went just on your own. Yeah. Oh, they shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> well, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, the the boss baby. I'm 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 very intrigued. <laughs> I no, but I am like I want <laughs> to know what this film is so badly, so badly. <laughs> I, like, I, it's untrue. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, anyway, it's gonna it's gonna be in your top ten of next year. I can see I, it coming. I I don't see that coming, but I just <laughs> I just need to know what that film is. Um, Dunkirk. We didn't talk about Dunkirk last yeah, week, did we? He's obviously... No, we did it. I think it came out uh, the day after we, we recorded. Um, it looks 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 like it's gonna be big, is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's really strong. It's a it's a, it's a massive story to, to kind of to tell, and it, it does feel like it's something that that would kind of pique Nolan's interest. It's a Chris Nolan film, so I'm, I'm immediately kind of on board and excited for it. Uh, his trailers always do have a little bit of this. He doesn't really want to give away much in his trailers. He just wants to show you a little bit of what's going on and kind of go right. This is what the story's about, but I don't want to give you too much of what's going to happen in the same ways. He did within a stellar. I think that's that's pretty much it. Um, I like the fact that you can clearly tell that a lot of it is um, set work, etc., rather than just a lot of a lot of CG. Um, I mean, obviously there will be CG there, but yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly on board. And Tom Hardy, the Spitfire pilot. I mean, come on. Hardy, Murphy, Rylance, great cast until you get to Harry Styles. Well, I read a thing about that that. Um, 
that essentially with Harry Styles thing is it, he did actually audition for it apparently the part um, and um, it wasn't until about a week after that they kind of cast him um, and the the casting agents and the producers like you've got you know you've got to go for this guy that Nolan was like all right cool and you keep mentioning who he is is he one of One Direction because. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan just, he doesn't really, he, 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 does see, he does see that sort of person that wouldn't be interested and wouldn't know that, you know, he doesn't, but all that from, from what you understand from, from interviews or everything, he doesn't, doesn't own a mobile phone, doesn't, um, doesn't sort of go on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, he just very much does his kind of the thing that he does. <laughs> So there's a possibility that that story might be one of those legends that could have a little bit of truth in it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 certainly going to be going to be interesting. And there seems to be a lot of people out there who are desperate to dislike uh, the next Chris Nolan film, uh, which I just I can never quite get to be honest. I think I'd rather see Nobby Styles in a film than Styles. <laughs> you never know; he might turn out to be great, or he might die. <laughs> Um, Despicable Me Three. Um, haven't I, haven't watched it. I I I, I honestly thought they'd stopped with these because the minions had took over. Yeah, Trey Parker is voicing the villain, which is a weird choice, and they make quite a big deal about it in the trailer because like Lottie is massive on Trey Parker. Like she watches the trailer, she's like, "Daddy, Trey Parker. Like I I need me some of that Trey Parker." Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Despicable Me 3, whatever, I'll have to go and see it. Um, Snatched, Amy Schumer teaming up with Goldie Horn, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the trailer's not, not terrible, it looks fairly entertaining, but don't you think a little bit that Goldie Horn? I'm going to say something harsh here and probably get pelters from fucking the... Maybe one girl <laughs> ever listens to this, but she looks a little bit like a, like a seven year old beauty queen that's been Benjamin Buttoned, and it, it's just distracting. Fucking hell! It is, and um, look, it, dude, if she's good enough for Kurt Russell, man, she's good enough for me. All right, like yeah, but but if it came out that 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 they had an open relationship, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? What don't know. I mean, I think it's, I like Golan. She's funny, but she's not been anything for a long a time. age. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and the thing is, she's a great. And the reason why I mention this because I, I, I don't like Amy Schumer. I don't like her brand of comedy. I get that other people do, but I don't like her brand of comedy. Whereas I, I do like Goldie Hawn's brand of comedy. She is very funny, and I'm hoping that that Goldie Hawn kind of elevates Schumer and it isn't shit it's been 15 years since she was in a movie wow crimes the last thing she was in was in the Banger Sisters that was 2002 yeah that was a while ago Jesus that's, that's the last film she was in um, and the last TV thing she did was she did a voice something in Phineas and Ferb um, wow that is, that is insane um, so yeah I'm hoping that she elevates Schumer and Schumer doesn't bring her down so yeah I'll, I'll I, I, I'm quite curious about that <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer for this. I, I presume this is a comedy and not uh, um, a Liam Neeson-esque Taken 
No, it's it's very much a a, a comedy. Yeah. yeah. So she's not coming back as a, a badass. <laughs> no, although although I, that would be fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I want that movie now. Um, I, I've got I've got another one to throw in there that I'm guessing nobody watched at the trailer for Arsenal. Um, the uh, the movie that has blown my um, Nick Cage, John Cusack wig theory out of the fucking water because it stars both Nick Cage and John Cusack, which it seems like from the trailer, like neither of them were allowed the wig because they're both in the contracts. They've both got it that they each have it when they're shooting a movie, that when their worlds have collided, they're in the same movie. The wig has been sort of taken off them and put in like a glass case and put in a safe somewhere. So Nick Cage is in a different wig and it appears like uh, John Cusack is wearing a hat throughout it to kind of you know, block all of that going on there. But Arsenal, yes, it's not about um, the uh, Arsenal uh, FC's uh, continued um, fourth place um, search. It is, <laughs> I, I watched the trailer and I, I genuinely have no idea what it's about, but Nick Cage looks like he is probably on something like Oxycontin or something like that. <laughs> a strange wig has has a moustache that looks like literally before the first scene they shot, he went, I'm wearing that, picked up something off the thing, stuck it to his face, and then started speaking with one eye closed and slurring his words. And he's supposed to be some kind of mob boss. But I don't know whether it happened, but he seemed to be hitting the table a lot and shouting, pay me my money a lot. It, 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 it's going straight to VOD, of course. Uh, I, I, I will be watching it as soon as it arrives. It looks like Cage and Cusack have just gone to the um, the, the dressing up box and picked something out each. Cage <laughs> has picked out the moustache. Cusack <laughs> has picked out the um, the baseball cap and uh, bingo, two instant characters. Yeah, they, they must have the same agent. They must have the same agent who literally just has... has he has a little wheel that he got in fucking Twister and he stuck Cage Cusack on either side and spins it. And on this one, it landed dead in the fucking middle and he's gone, <laughs> oh, what do I do here? And then he's just picked up two phones and gone, hi, guys. Yeah, got a film for you. Okay, yeah, I'll get the dressing up box sorted. Bang, boom. <laughs> B.O.D. Gold. I think it's even got a wrestler in it. Which is just that's 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 how you make a VOD movie nowadays. You either cast Cooper Gooding Jr., Nick Cage, or John Cusack and a wrestler and a Latino. That's it. Sorted. VOD gold in the bag. Release it on a Thursday. Nice. Yeah. Uh, John Wick uh, chats to the official trailer number one. I feel like we've already had the official trailer number one and that they're now lying to me that this is the new official trailer. Yeah, I watched this and I kind of thought I saw it a couple months back. I'm not yeah. too sure what's happened there. I, I, I don't either, but it's John Wick and I'm looking forward to it. Yep, same. So, the main event... The main event, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which I will admit I was surprised. I didn't realise that it was actually called that, despite the fact that it, it quite clearly is. I was, I went, ah, oh. so it's called Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I thought it was a Star Wars story, Rogue One. 
But anyway, semantics on tri- on titles again. Stars. Um, Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Ben Mendelsohn, Donnie Yen, Matt Nicholson, Alan uh, Tyduck. Did he voice the robot? He did. Yeah. Yes, cool. Uh, Forrest Whitaker and um, some... Uh, some, some incredible CGI, I'm going to say, uh, which was flawless. Um, directed by Gareth Edwards. Uh, it's um, and I, I'm going to do the synopsis, even though somebody who is on on the show would be able to do it better than me. Um, it tells the story of what happens exactly before the first film um, about how they get the plans for Death Star, and kind of it fills a gap that a lot of people seem to have constantly kind of thrown at Star Wars and said, well, if they built this Death Star, why did it have this little fault? How could it have that fault? Well, Rogue One covers that. Uh, whether or not it covers it well or not, I'm sure we're going to get into. But going to Steve, um, what do you think for the first Star Wars film that isn't part of the the continuous story that is kind of a prequel but is very much setting out its stall as look this is a movie on its own yeah i mean it, it it's obviously a, a star wars film but it had enough that wasn't star wars to make it standalone and set it out as different so much so that um i've seen a lot of people ranking this um within the other films within the saga and i just don't feel i can do that i feel i i can't i can compare it to the other films but i I, i'm not going to rank it alongside those i'm going to treat it as a totally separate entity um and and i think right from the off it set its stall uh, to do that i mean it was really really weird for me uh sitting there and not getting that opening crawl um yeah although i I think that was the right decision not to go with the opening crawl. Um, and even even more than that, I sort of missed the, the, the fanfare um, at the beginning. And it, it, it was really weird to have, like you say, the, the Rogue One, a Star Wars story uh, title sort of just pop up uh, about 10 minutes in and then fade away to, to almost nothing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, that sort of opening 10 minutes definitely set its stall out as being something very, very different. Um, I, I, I gave it an eight and a half out of, of 10 on first watch and on second watch, I've brought it down to a, an eight out of 10. Um, I, I think it's got some uh, absolutely fantastic parts to it, um, some bits that blew me away. Um, but then it's got some disappointing aspects to it as well. Um, and it's for me, it's not the not the perfect film that some people, uh, 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 some rabid Star Wars fans are screaming that it is. Um, and and it's definitely not the disaster that I, I, I've seen some critics write up that it is. On just while we're on it, before I forget, the opening without the opening crawl. What distracted yep. me the most was that you you could tell, at least for me, that they were up and down about whether to have a crawl or not. Because that first that shot looks like it could have been crawl fades out, pan down, start, there's the shot. And, and I mean, just the the music cue as well, where it's like it's quite a loud like, bum, and then it and, and it kind of starts, and it it almost felt like something had been cut off. Um, yeah, I I strongly suspect one was written, 
And I, I strongly suspect it's been in and out and in and out and shake it all about until they decided not to. Well, yeah, um, I, I think that they've, been, they've been foolish to have not at least written one and then done it, looked at it and gone, right, do we or don't we, and had one prepared, I think. I think they've been foolish to have not. But, I mean, I, I agree. I think it was probably for the best. Like, the opening crawl does kind of feel like something to differentiate the episode films from the other films. And you still get a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away at the start. So, that, uh, yeah, you know, it's fine. The fanfare, yeah, totally. But, I mean, to be fair, they've kind of retconned that with the, um, the, the, the new versions on iTunes now as well. I think it's only episode four that has the fanfare at the start. Um, or at least, I think maybe one, two, and three do, but five and six don't. Um, like, my iTunes versions, actually, if you guys keep talking, I might actually have a look at that, because that's going to bother me. Um, there's 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 so many versions. <laughs> Keeping it all in your head is is quite difficult. Every Star Wars film starts with um, a, a big object moving across the screen. So of course the original film starts with the 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 transit for the blockade run, runner going from uh, right to left, and then the Star Destroyer following it. Uh, and even the Force Awakens started with the um, uh, the shadow being cast over the, the the planet as the Star Destroyer moves across. Um, so that wasn't necessarily unexpected to me that we sort of started, um, even though I didn't know what it was for the first sort of ten seconds. It, it's the planet rings, isn't it, that we sort of swoop in, almost like J- Jupiter's rings. We sort of swooping past and down onto the planet. Um, I'm still trying to find that. I tell you what, fucking uh, just an ever so slight tangent. iTunes on my MacBook Pro bugs the shit out of me. It takes so long for an iTunes film to start. Like Apple TV, it's pretty much instant. On my fucking phone, it's instant. I'm I literally I clicked play thirty seconds ago and it's still not started. The bastard. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Mark, continue. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll, 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 before you, while you check that, I'll, 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 I'll give you my kind of um, initial thoughts, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get your initial thoughts, and then we'll delve a little bit deeper. Um, I was really excited for this, um, which was, you know, and I was excited for the last one, but I was actually, I was really excited um, for this one. I found myself kind of getting that that buzz that I think not quite a lot of the Star Wars fans get. Um, but I, I was going into it going, I'm really looking forward to watching this. It, it, it's I don't know if it's a standalone, standalone movie or anything like that. I, I just think the trailers made it look like a really, really good film. I like the fact that it was there were some shots that looked like they were almost, and I mentioned on the show, almost Kurosawa-esque, which um, very much kind of um, tickled my balls uh, on that. So I, I went into it really looking forward to it. I, I wanted like a really strong kind of action movie. Um, and I think, not action movie, adventure movie, and I think that's kind of what you you get with the film i i thoroughly enjoyed it um being somebody who's not as invested in the world i think that i I feel i can uh, put it into sort of like the the rankings of the star wars movies and it it's i'm probably gonna gonna cause steve to have some kind of fucking aneurysm here but i think it's probably my favorite star wars movie um for the simple fact is that i i really for the first time, I, I kind of went in there going, right, just sweep over me and attain me, rather than with that little bit in the back of my mind of, oh, fuck me. Mm, okay, there we go. I'm not quite <laughs> sure uh, of this. So, yeah, I, I, I really, really liked it. I thought the the fact that it had um, sort of consequences and the fact that it, it's, 
I think it showed a lot of, and I know uh, Mike mentioned this, uh, opportunity for it, it, it showed a lot of balls, essentially, to, to, to do <laughs> what it did. Fucking hell, sorry. But then when it, when it, when it does do what oh, it well, does. Okay, just to confirm, sorry, <laughs> episode four has the fanfare, the rest of them don't. Right. Um, yeah, so it, it has the balls to kind of do what exactly what it should do. Um, which is uh, remember we are guys we're all, all spoilers all the time but let's face it you've seen it if you're listening to the show um, it, in the fact that it goes well hang on a minute the next film starts literally moments after this um, so yeah. we now, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe how, how close it took say, to sorry. Uh, and, uh, sorry I, I couldn't believe how close it got to the actual start of New Hope. It, you know, when you when you get this home on on Blu-ray, you'll be able to basically pop one out and pop the other in straight away and just carry on. Um, I didn't expect it to go that close. No, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I'd read something or imagined something that had said it, it, it that it started two weeks before, <laughs> which which seems now like a weirdly fucking specific amount of time for it to start before. Like literally, they got the plans and went right. A bit of wait two weeks, <laughs> uh, and then that Death Star going down, motherfuckers. I mean, so, yeah, so I don't know where I got that from. I mean, yeah, gone. Go like one of the, the the thrilling things about about the ending as well is the fact that you know, apart from maybe I don't know, like Clone Wars or Rebels or just general kind of expanded universe stuff. This is the first time in a Star Wars film that you've really seen Vader. Um, Go at it against, like basically someone who wasn't Luke or or one or someone under him, and he's just force choking. It's yeah. full tilt Vader, and he's fucking terrifying. Um, yeah. Like they capture the whole kind of like how scared they all are of him so well. Um, I, I it, it's, but I love the fact that he is not the focus of of the film and instead you've got Ben Mendelsohn who is kind of the big bad and kind of not and he's just a bit of a dick he's, he, he, he is perfectly cast that is what yeah. Ben Mendelsohn does when he does that kind of role Ben Mendelsohn can play that kind of role or he can play um, broken kind of you know down his look middle aged man I'm fucking I... I wanted him to be a little bit more of a bastard. Um, I, I was a little bit disappointed in in um, the character of Krennic. Yeah, he. I mean, he 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 shot some scientists in cold blood. Um, yeah, he shot uh, Galen Erso's wife in in cold blood. Um, but he, he he was nothing compared to to Tarkin, and and that was the real surprise for me. The 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 massive part that Tarkin plays in the film, a, a, a fantastic surprise. I, I mean, I love Tarkin. He's one of my favorite uh, characters in the universe. Um, so to see him come back and um, w- w- was a great pleasure for me, but he sort of overshadowed the character of, of Krennic, which he, he, he's meant to do. Um, but it, it just took a little bit away from, from uh, th- that character. And um, I think Mendelssohn was a little bit overshadowed by it. Uh, I mean, if if we're going to talk about Tarkin, I, actually, I haven't even said my overall thoughts. I very much like the film, um, but we'll we'll talk obviously. Um, 
the, the the CG Tarkin and the CG Leah didn't work for me. Um, I didn't know that Tarkin. I I saw this on Thursday afternoon, so it was kind of before Twitter started talking about Tarkin. Um, so it was an interesting surprise. But the thing is, the first scene he's talking in. About Tar- Tarkin sorry. sounds like a crowded house album. Talking about Tarkin, Tarkin sounds like a crowded house album. It's, 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 it's very good, Mark. It was that joke was so good. You said it twice. Um, the, the thing is, it does yeah, that. All right. <laughs> the, the the first scene with Tarkin in is like Ben Mendelsohn walks in and he's talking to him, and Tarkin's looking out at the Death Star, and it's his reflection. And I was thinking, right, that's Tarkin. That's pretty cool. And then he turns around. It's like, and that's done. No. I thought if, if it was just a subtle, like, looking at the Death Star, talking to Mendelssohn, not even looking at him, you know, it's a reflection, so you can get away with the CG not being great, then awesome. But I swear, and this, is, this must be my mind filling this in, but there's a shot where Tarkin turns around and walks past Mendelssohn, and it almost, you know that, um, Steve, I think you'll know this. In the special edition of A New Hope, when Harrison mm-hmm. Ford walks over Jabba the Hutt's tail, and it was like yeah. they had to, to put that bit in because they couldn't quite like match the frame properly. Um, yeah, it was the, the only way around it. Yeah, so and it's a bit juddery. Mm. I almost... Yeah, the- you're not the only person who said this ian really yeah you're not the only yeah i I was talking to um we did we recorded our star wars action news uh thoughts last night and someone on the team um pretty much said the same thing they they described it as talking having a bit of a a bobbly head it's it just it's not it's not there it's even though they like got like the kind of the craggly face, it all still looks like it's had some Vaseline put on it, and it's all a bit too smooth. And his his face looks a bit cartoony. And I mean, like Peter Cushing didn't have a cartoony face. Um, I suppose in a way, it almost had a kind of like a stylized art face, but just it like the kind of the sharp lines, but not. I don't know. It just it didn't work. And Leia I, at the end. Blah, blah. You see, I I think you've got to be wary of judging this too harshly. I agree with Leia at the end. I think if she didn't need to turn around, um, because it was only that sort of split second that that one word that that she utters. Uh, but they they had to bring the the way they wrote it. They had to bring Tarkin in as a major character, so you couldn't sort of uh, avoid it. Um, and I, I think you've got to compare it against sort of previous efforts at this. Um, f- f- yeah, I, I could see some of the things that you're talking about, um, but compared to you know prior efforts where it's a, a definite case of un- uncanny valley and and you can't believe the character, I actually thought this was pretty damn fantastic. The the fact that at times I, I thought I was looking at, at Cushing from from certain angles, um, and and the amount of times they use this effect in the film uh, i i thought it was a, a astounding it was it's never going to be a hundred percent perfect um it, but it, for me it just shows you how far they've come with this sort of thing and i wouldn't uh, you know be surprised if if this wins war uh, awards for special effects for, you know for for this reason alone i i would quite like to rewatch tron legacy for it well for a number of reasons but one would be just to see how 
Jeff Bridges in that holds up now. Like we're what was that? 2009, 2000? No, 2010. 2010. So yeah, six I, I think removed. this shit's all over it. Okay, fair enough. All right, uh, I it like in my in my mind's eye, it, it 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 kind of feels similar. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take your word for that. It's like um playing a fucking. I don't know, like playing Halo, um, like the Xbox version and playing the, the like the spruced up version on Xbox One. It's like, okay, this is how I remember it looking. So mate, it might be something like that. But and I mean, it just, it's, I mean, good on them for trying it. Um, but I just, it takes me out of it. It's like I'm I'm watching it and I'm 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 just thinking this doesn't look very good and it gets me out of the moment. But. If you are as invested a fan as you are, Steve, I could see how you 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 are more not you're kinder to it, frankly. And it's it, it, you know it's because it's awesome seeing this character there, and you think they did a, a really good job with it. Whereas I'm not as invested. I mean, Mark, I mean, what what were your feelings on it? Well, my feelings on it were um, I was kind of taken back by it like you I saw it and thought oh that's a nice touch and then he turned around I thought oh they're gonna do that um and I'll tell you the reason why it didn't bother me I agree it does I agree with both points actually I think it does look it does look very 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 good it does look very very good but no matter what, you are aware that you're not watching a person, you're watching a a, a computer-generated fish. There's no... You cannot you, you cannot um, get away from, from that. You're always aware of that because the human eye, you know, of the way the human eye works, the way the human brain processes information, you instantly can recognise that's not what it's supposed to be. It doesn't stop it from looking good. The reason why it doesn't bother me, however, is because... Within this world and within the framework of these of these movies, um, I feel it, it, it fits quite quite nicely in the sense of ten minutes before it, or not even that, two or three minutes before it, there's there's a scene in a in a bar where you have all manner of different kind of creatures and things like that, and they're within it, and they're not real, they're CGI, they're generated through models and computers, etc., and things like that. Um, and then also as well, you know, there's a lot of uh, of the, the the hardcore fans that very much will say, "Hang on a minute, the the, the Clone Wars, I think I'm saying that right, um, animated series, are very much a special part of the of the whole story." And it, it so if you're gonna start sort of picking at saying, "Well, this, well, what about that?" and and everything like that, so it. Honestly, it, it didn't bother me. Um, the layer one at the end, I was a little bit like, mm, that's a little, that's too polished. That felt a little bit like, do you know what? I, I can forgive you for that one. This one was a little bit like, oh, that one's you've not you've not worked as long on that one, uh, and it didn't need it like like Steve says. But yeah, it, 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 to be honest, I can see why it would it would bother other people. Um, but for me, I think I was that on board with the movie by then that uh, it, it just didn't it didn't affect my it didn't take me out of it uh, is what I'd say there. It doesn't surprise me that you you like this and you say it's your favourite uh, Star Wars film, Mark, because it is it is like that um, you, you know that 
war film that you used to watch on a sort of Saturday afternoon with, yeah. with the the band coming together or with their different sort of personalities and, and different points of view and merging together into an effective team. And you know the team's going to die. And, and thank God they did kill them all um, and, and not wimp out and let any of them live. Um, and thank God it didn't go mushy. At one stage, I thought uh, Luna and um, uh, Felicity were, were going to have a, a, a little kiss there. And, yeah. and thank and thank God they didn't. So it had it, it kept true to to what they wanted from it. I think, and um, I, th- I think that's why it, it, it resonated more with you than perhaps some of the other films. You know, the, there wasn't um, the, the, the Jedi and the overly sort of uh, a religious aspect that that sort of Jedi Order brings to it. And and there wasn't so many of the finickety connections that you need if you're going to watch films from within a, a six film saga. Um, it, it has definitely got that sort of standalone element. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the the one moment as well that kind of that, that made me kind of sit up and go, oh, oh, all right, fucking hell, yeah, let's go for this then. Uh, is the moment that um, D- um, Dio Luna's character um, essentially assassinates one of his own team. Um, as kind of a he knows that it's what he needs to do and it's that kind of takes you to a point of going oh all right this is this is different i didn't you know you don't expect that from what is very pitched as being the good guys this is a good guy that does bad things who actually then goes on to actually say later on look things in the you know the pursuit of this and it almost feels like He's very well aware, and everyone else is very well aware. going to get not coming back. Hello. Yeah, he dropped out a little bit there, Mark. Um, oh, sorry. Where did I drop out? Uh, just say like the, the the last few things you were just saying there, like last. I was say, saying, uh, the, you know, the, the Diego Luna essentially he he, he seems him and the, the team that he's got behind him all seem sort of very much aware that uh, that they're going where they're going and what they're going to do they're probably not coming back from and that yeah. it's probably not going to be a success but if it is it'll be worth you know it's worth the risk uh, and, and that's you know it, it, it takes I can say it takes balls for, for a, a family movie to do that for a Disney movie to do that and for a Star Wars movie that has has um, has built its uh, as built its love and its uh, its sort of connections around the continuing adventures of these people. They've gone. Look here, have these characters. Aren't they brilliant? Yes. Aren't they fantastic? Aren't they amazing? Oh, by the way, they're all dead now. It's it, it takes you know. I know this, that they were constantly saying this is a standalone movie, but it's still, they've gone, do you know what? Yeah, you can have your figures, you can have these things, but you can only have them for one fucking movie. Unless we go sort of backwards and do something standalone in the About past. See what I'm... Cassie Nando, I mean. yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you know I, what? I, I, I'm thinking more likely to go... Um, the, the double act that sort of shone through for me was the um, Zatoichi, the blind swordsman, and yeah. um, Wang Jan, um, those two had sort of a uh, a bit of a brotherly relationship, and I, I can see him perhaps seeing the success of that, and and maybe spinning those two off at an, an earlier uh, juncture. They seem to be. We met them as sort of guardians of the the Jedi Temple that was on 
uh, Jeddah, and they sort of uh, y- y- dropped a little bit of Jedi Jeddah. Yeah, just got it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they dropped a little bit of knowledge talking about them as being the the guardians of the wills. Yeah, uh, and if you know your uh, your Star Wars law, um, that that's got sort of Yoda um, connections. Um, you know, the idea of, of of the book of the wills. Um, so I I could see him spinning those too often. I think that's the only way. We, you, you know, we could see these characters again if if the reaction to this film is so good that they think it would be worthwhile, you know, pulling off uh, something sequel to this rather than prequel. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be well up for that. I mean, to be honest, I'd be well up for the, the, any of the earlier adventures of these, these characters, to be honest. Um, Sorry. What happened there? Uh, That was, um, uh, five live football daily from last Tuesday um, accidentally <laughs> playing on my iPhone cool yeah I, I'd be very happy to watch any of these these characters in the, the, the earlier adventures of yeah no absolutely I mean, I mean well Christ we haven't even really talked about Felicity Jones yet um, I, I, I she's she's very good I'm does she get a standout moment. No, I don't think she gets standout moment. I think I think she's she's solid throughout. She's, she's like a reliable right back. Yeah, I mean, it, oh for fuck's sake, sorry, bloody <laughs> phone. I'm just gonna fuck's sake. I'm trying to delete stuff off my bloody podcast app, and it's like I'm swiping and deleting every now and then. I press it. I'm just gonna stop it. Um, the, the thing is, she. I, I, I come away from the film and I'm thinking, I really like Ben Mendelsohn, I really like Donnie Yen, I really like Jiang Wen, and you know, um, uh, bloody uh, Diego Luna had his moments, and Forrest Whitaker was fun. And she's Forrest kind was of... awful. I, really? I thought... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back, keep going with okay, Felicity, right. and we'll revisit Forrest. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but I just. She has some inspiring speeches every now and then, and I didn't quite think that they worked. And maybe it's that she's part of an ensemble. And, you know, the the, the teaser trailer, that shot at the end of the teaser trailer where, like, she turns around and it looks like she's in the Imperial outfit and the, uh, the lights kind of go on, like, around her. And it kind of, and, like, Forrest Whitaker going, like, what would you do? Um, or you know, and it, it's like none of that stuff. That shot, that line, not in this film. And it almost feels like maybe originally there was a moment. Th- there was, and it, yeah. it got taken out. Yeah, yeah I, I, maybe I, there was it, some it more meaty like material there for her. Maybe there was a, I don't know. Maybe there was a bit more of a struggle there because it's very much. I want to find my father. I want to find my father. I want to find my father. Father dies. I want to avenge my father. I want to avenge my father. I want to avenge my father. They 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 shortchanged her. No doubt, I agree with you, Ian. I mean, um, she was in in the prison van. She kicks ass with a load of stormtroopers. You yep. think this is a, a great scene for her and then the droid comes and a uh, bitch slaps her to the ground and steals the scene completely and 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 i felt a lot of her scenes were like that she you, you felt this could be a standout scene and then something else uh, steals it away from her uh, and they um they sort of built a few things in so um when they went to the prison uh the not the prison planet the the 
facility where they were dealing with the kyber crystals where her dad was um she had to climb something very very tall and that was all preparation for the she is going to do some climbing later on um it, and and i just felt they did, they didn't really develop the character as much as they could have done and i think um you, you're probably right Pro- something was probably lost in in the, in the reshoots that that we um that, that would have helped us with that i i think if you if you're going to do a comparison with um daisy ridley she she falls uh, quite a bit short for me i thought Agreed. daisy ridley was a, a an, an amazing find and 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 was fantastic in the force awakens um and i don't think felicity quite cut the mustard as much yeah which i i mean is is a, a surprise um I, I i don't know it's a shame i really like felicity jones but she's also one of the weaker aspects of a monster calls um even though i think that's more down to miscasting of the, of the character than anything else so I, I I don't know. You just you come away from Rogue One, and she's very far down the list of things you talk about, um, as as is evident here. So it's taking us quite a lot a while to get to to her. Um, <laughs> now, I mean, okay, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker it can be hammy, and a <laughs> little bit shit. I um, thought he was both in this. And uh, so did I, but I quite enjoyed him because he's hammy and a bit shit, but he's Forrest Whitaker. I, I don't know. I just, I, and again, I mean, it, it kind of feels like there's stuff missing there because you've got, you've got the whole, like he sees her down the hole and she, he's like, you stay down there and then cut. And then there's none of the, th- there's like nothing in between. You don't really, other than him being a plot point that, that, you know, it, it, there's not really much of him there. And I think he's got an interesting look, and I like the idea of the character is amazing, and what he could do in Rebels will be bloody fascinating because he's he's coming to Rebels, isn't he? That's that's been confirmed. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely been confirmed. He's in the next season of Rebels. Yeah, I I, I just felt it was a, a a bit of fan service to sort of link um, this film uh, t- to the, the the cartoons. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of the cartoons. I've not watched all of, of the Clone Wars yet. I think I've only watched uh, three and a half seasons out wow. of the five. Okay. Uh, and I've only watched half of Rebels. That they, they just haven't resonated uh, for me. Um, perhaps I'm getting a little bit old uh, now and, and becoming one of these Star Wars fans who sort of clings to, to what he knows and, and, and doesn't like some of the newer stuff that the kids are getting um, infused about. But I, I definitely saw him as a bit of a... Uh, a fan service edition just to have the name saw Guerrera in meant more than to actually sort of flesh out the character and do anything interesting with him. And like you say, I thought it was quite bizarre that he sort of um, pops up, opens the, uh, opens the hole says, come on girl. And then that's it. We don't see him again till, till much, much later on. Um, and I, I didn't really like his, his gang. I didn't really like his, his sort of um, his den, so to speak. And for the second Star Wars film in a row, what is with these hentai-based tentacle monsters, for God's sake? For me, that was the the one thing, again, that needed cutting out. We had the, the roly tentacle monster in the, in the Force Awakens, and then we've got this thing with its sort of phallic tentacle extensions um, trying to read people's minds. I, I, it, the whole thing just didn't gel for me. Mm-hmm. I, I was I, I was 
just disappointed that he didn't, uh, after he took a hit on his nitrous, didn't scream out, baby wants to fuck, uh, to be honest, because that was that was that was weird to see in a what is it because it as that happened in my brain i was going oh god god i won't say if he wants to fuck he's not going to say it i kind of want him to say i i want i want a gif of that to say if baby wants to fuck across the bottom if i could make gifts that is what i would make but i can't and i'm not quite i don't quite want it enough to to kind of spend the eight minutes it would take me to learn how to do it um but yeah, it, I made a gif a couple weeks back, and it took like two minutes. The image of fucking Emily Blunt with the owl mask on and twit twoo motherfuckers. It's easy. <laughs> that was a good gif. Thanks. Um, yeah. I, 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 uh, um, so yeah, the voice thing uh, was just strange. A strange choice, much in the same as. Um, Nofio's in Magnificent Seven was a strange choice to go with that voice. Again, I thought it was a strange choice to go with that voice. The only the only thing that I've sort of read since watching the film that might explain the voice is when, um, of course, he uses te- said ten- tentacle monster on Riz Ahmed, and mm. after that, Riz Ahmed starts speaking in a very um, sort of slow, static fashion, or at least he does for a little bit. So I've read that some people are suggesting that he might have he might have been using that tentacle monster on himself a little bit. Yeah. And that, the, that the, might the, have messed with his brain, oh, ergo, okay. the funny voice. There is an inference to that, I think, when he says, you know, it, the only side effect is, is it, it causes people to lose their mind. Yeah. Does, I, I think, does infer that, that that is a strong possibility. I, I got that kind of vibe off that, which was, oh, so he uses it then. Um, which, I think, which, which I, you know, I think you were maybe supposed to pick up on um, with that, absolutely. So any any particular standout absolute, yes, that that got everything moving kind of moments for everybody. Well, you've already talked about the Vader bit. I mean, again, I've heard p- people um, describe the Vader bit as, as fan service, but you can service me any time of the day if that's what you're going to give me. Um, you can't have fan service in a fucking Star Wars movie. Then what I, the fuck can you have it in? I, I don't know. Old bum face and he doesn't like you, I don't like you either guy. Yeah, Dr. Everson and Ponda Baba. Nice. That was a bit... Ah, uh, really? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's which bit's that? So there's there's a bit where they um when they're on um they're on Jeddah, uh they are on, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah Correct, and, yeah um they're yeah, in yeah. they're in the kind of the market or whatever it is. They bump into someone and it's a guy and like an alien that looks like it's got a bum bum face. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, balls action, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are in episode four. Um, like. Uh, when they're in the, the the cantina and um, like Luke, they're in the bar and they one of them kind of like looks at Luke and he's just like, my friend doesn't like you, I don't like you either. Yeah, it's like it's. it's I'll, the... I'll be careful. You'll be dead. That sort of line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Um... Yeah, that didn't mean a thing to me so no that, that, that would have passed you by entirely the thing with the thing with that little appearance is that of course they're on on Jeddah. um they they must be doing the the galaxy wide pub crawl um bar on Jeddah <laughs> cantina later on um, but then, of those two man come on yeah It'd be like but the then world's it, end but in star wars 
exactly but that but then the, the the planet's blown up of course well not the planet but the the city is blown up um so they must have moved pretty sharpish to get out of there considering they they do appear later on that's a good point that <laughs> Um, I tell you what else I liked uh, talking about Vader. I like the fact that we've got uh, Vader's castle there. Um, Vader's castle first appeared, I believe, in a in a, a Ralph in a bit of Ralph Macquarie art, um, way 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 back in the day. And it's something that um, uh, uh, that fans have always liked the image of the castle on Mustafar, the lava planet, where of course he he, he lost it all. Um, and it, it, the design is pretty much um, straight from Macquarie's artwork and. Uh, I really like the scene between Vader and um, uh, Mendo, uh, you, you know, within the castle, the, the way he sort of um, chokes him and uh, really puts him in his place. That did something for me too. And then doesn't it, I, I, I didn't imagine it. He, he threw out a pun. He, he did, yeah. Vader, Vader punned, which I wasn't expecting. And I, I did I did chuckle mildly, I'm not going to lie. Uh, and then did notice that, that I was the only person chuckling and then did think, shit, did he actually say it? And then I just imagined that he said it. Be, ca- be careful <laughs> you don't choke on your aspirations. Yeah, yeah which yeah. I thought was, was was great, the fact that it, it just, it added another layer of Dick Henry um, to, to Vader. But yeah, he, he was, like you say, he was, he was very good in it. He, he made sense in the, the bits he was in. What did we think of K2SO? Um Again, a, a lot of the talk I'm hearing and, and reading is that that he he's possibly the, the the favorite character out of it. That they really like the sort of dry humor. Love the dry humor of it. I, I, it, it it's it's very good. It's I, I describe it a little bit like you know it's the it's the android kind of full circleness of it all in the fact that you know the C3PO kind of made androids that could sort of talk in films and had a character and a personality to themselves. Uh, that, that kind of set off. There were ones before that, but that kind of was the the blueprint for it. And then they kind of moved through the ages uh, as that. And then you got to sort of like um, Tars in Interstellar. And then this was like a cross between C3PO and the have sort of full movement, etc., and everything like that. But had that kind of statistical deadpanery of, of something like Tarzan and Stella, which which worked really quite well. And I I found it amusing in the fact that it, it he almost he was very well aware of the fact that that he was getting jealous of uh, of Felicity Jones and didn't like her. Um, and then kept on saying, you know, statistically we're going to come out with it. And it, it, he felt like a rounded character rather than, uh, you know, often what these things can feel like is a little bit like, oh, that's for for kids to carry around a fluffy toy of. This doesn't feel like that. It feels like they've written an actual character that happens to be an android. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he, I warmed to him um, at the start where... It, it, he's kind of like Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, where he just kind of says what says what he's thinking, and you know doesn't really have an off switch with with that. It was, I, I found it a, a, a bit expected, but late later on, I the third act, I thought he was great, um, and I mean you know his his whole kind of like final struggle. Um, I actually thought it was a really lovely kind of character moment, really. Um, yeah. You, you know, his whole, you know, he seems like a badass. He's fighting everything off. But then, like, every time it cuts back to him, he's a bit more fucked 
And, uh, yeah, he, he, he got he got a very good death scene, and the, and the fact that you know he, he feels like a character within him, which is the whole point of these things. I mean, they they all get really good death scenes. Yeah, all, all the death scenes are really really well done. They're not they're not too overblown. They're just very much this this happens, and they they happen. You know, in, I think in a right kind of sequence, almost. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I, I, I thought the third act was was really quite striking. I mean, the 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 Felicity Jones Ben Mendelsohn kind of climax, and Diego Luna saves the day, which again is kind of robbing Felicity Jones of of some agency there, which is a shame, um, especially considering you know the personal vendetta she has against uh, Mendelsohn, and Luna kind of comes in with the final shot. Yeah, really, uh, that's a bit redu- reductive, I suppose. But then the rest of Especially it... Especially like, as she is a badass as well. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite. She's been established that, that, that she very much can take care of herself. She could obviously kick Mendelssohn's ass in, in this, obviously. But the, the deaths of the characters and the, so- the kind of the, the melancholy beauty of the whole thing... Um, is is very well done, and like the shot where the um, kind yeah. of the the Death Star hits in 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 the background, and the kind of the wave comes up. I mean, it's it's really lovely. What I would say though, Michael Giacchino has to fucking put in his losty type score somewhere. Throughout the rest of the film, it feels John Williams esque, and then that cue at the end. That could have been taken from an episode of Lost, as could uh, the moment at the the start of the first Star Trek film where um, George Kirk dies and um, like um, uh, his pregnant wife is like jettisoned off into space. Well, it, it it's it's that kind of strings and kind of maybe piano kind of thing, and I immediately just think, oh, it's Michael Giacchino. I'm, I'm so glad you bring up the soundtrack, Ian, because uh, I, I own all the Star Wars soundtracks uh, naturally, but this is one that I'm not going to be, be not going to be picking up at all. Yeah. Um, I heard someone describe it as if um, Giacchino was carrying all the sheet music to all of the Star Wars films, and he was carrying the sheet music to Lost. And someone bumped into them. He he, he dropped them on the floor, and yeah. then just picked up some bits, and that's what he made the score out of. Um, I, I really didn't enjoy the score i thought it was all over the place there there were little snippets from the original trilogy little snippets from the prequel trilogy little snippets from the the sort of cartoons and and like you say a big lost influence as well and for me it never really committed one of the things about star wars is that certain key characters have iconic themes um that crop up again and again through the movie And, and and i just didn't get any of that at all um with with this score and it, I mean, it's a shame because Alexandre Desplat was supposed to be doing the score, and then he dropped out a few months back. And it, it's, I would, I would much, much, much rather hear his Star Wars score. I'd, I'd much rather. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, but the thing is, the imagery and what it all means, I think, makes up for that. It just, it, yeah, I don't know. It just, it kind of feels like. Jack in Lost has just had some sort of melancholic revelation, and by the way, the planet's blowing up. Um, mm. uh, yeah. Um, I, even I will say, uh, K2SO, the CG for him, because it's not an Uncanny Valley thing, flawless. Um, look, yeah. Just looks Beautiful. like he's there. Just looks like he's there. 
there was only one little bit where uh, where it, it didn't do it for me, which was when they were climbing up to the top of a rock to look at Jeddah from a distance. Um, and it, the actual sort of climbing of, of the robot up that that um, craggy outcrop, um, that didn't quite look right to me. But that was the only time. Otherwise, like you say, I think it was flawless. And his, his death reminded me a little bit of um, Terminator 2. Um, you know, like you were saying, he, he's taking massive hits to, to, to sort of save others. Um, it just reminded me a little bit of, a you know, Arnie going down um, in, in spectacular fashion to, to save everyone else. Uh-huh. Um, fuck, do we have anything else? It kind of feels like we've... Uh... I think it kind of feels like we're 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 we're, we're at the at the the end sort of game for it. Yeah, uh, I mean it's a it's a certainly a definitely not shit. From, oh my, from, yeah, from me, uh, um, a very definitely not shit. It, it, it's not really truly my top ten of the year, but it's it's a very enjoyable film, and I I will watch it again quite gladly. Whereas to be honest, I probably will end up watching the Force Awakens again at some point, but. I'm not exactly chomping at the bit to, to give it a rewatch. Even though I did enjoy that. Um, it, it's just, it. I, I've kind of gone, I've watched that, I liked it, I don't really need to see it again. Whereas with this, I'm a little bit like, do you know what, I watched that, enjoyed it, I liked it, I, I would happily watch it again. Uh, it, it's fifth of eight for me, but still definitely not shit. What's, what's what's above it then of the, the original three and the original um, three and Force Awakens? I Force I, I think Force Awakens is fucking fantastic. So yeah, Steve. For me, this is um, again. I'm I'm not going to rank it in amongst the old saga, but I think it is slightly better than the Force Awakens for me, just because it doesn't retread the. Um, uh, a, a plot exactly it, it stands on its own and it, it does something different and it fits in and it ties in t- to episode four um so well but yeah a, a definitely n- not shit and it, w- it will be in my top 10 of the year it won't be my favorite film of the year um that honor is going to go to hail caesar um that's a good shout but, fair play very nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely my favorite film of the year still hail caesar but um it, it's definitely going to be in the top 10 of the year Cool. Um, well, uh, our poll, uh, 19 votes, uh, definitely not shit, 84%. Sweet. Uh, touching cloth, 16%, and shit, 0%, which nice. I'm very, 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 very glad to see that. Um, because I think that's the first thing we have ever done when nobody called it shit. Um, and, yeah, I think it's it's a deserved one for that, to be honest. Very good. Um, so, give give uh, yourself a pat on the back, dude and the monkey Twitter followers. Yes, yes, absolutely. We 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 chastise you enough. You've got it right for once. Uh, so, Steve, uh, what have you been watching the past sort of week or so? Um, I I will go with most recent back to um, back to the sort of couple of Rogue One viewings. So yesterday I had my uh, Christmas watch of the Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, which for me is a, is a film I, lo- I love to watch at this time of the year. Um, the, the, nothing quite beats um, uh, Michael Caine singing with a frog, does it? Um, and it, and it's got some it's got some great tunes and some nice interpretations of the um, uh, of the three ghosts. Oh, hello. Oh, are you are you both still there? Oh yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. yeah, dropped out for a sec. Be back, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, lovely. So, are you fans of the Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh, mate, all over it. Um, I'm going to be um, sitting Lottie down with it on Saturday. First time watch for her. I hope, I'm hoping she clicks in with it. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't wait. Every year, every year. It's one nice. of the few Christmas movies I, I don't get on with. Fucking hell. I know, I know. And I, 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 it's the thing is, I've tried with it numerous times, and I just. I don't, I just don't, I find myself switching off. I don't dislike it. It's not a terrible movie or anything like that. But uh, it, it's the one where when I've got errands to run on Christmas Eve, um, Becky and Isabel watch that together while I'm not there because I, I, I want to watch other stuff. <laughs> maybe, maybe Muppets just aren't for uh, everyone. Right. Um, the, immediately before that, I watched a film um, that I, I don't know if either of you chaps will have seen. I, I, I sometimes go uh, very off-piste and, and, and watch some very um, very odd films. Uh, so this is a film called Tenement Game of Survival, um, made in made in 1985. Either of you ring no, a bell with I'm either intrigued. of you? Um, so this is um, uh, it, it's basically set in a tenement building in in the sort of South Bronx region. And there is a, a gang of uh, hoodlums that are, that are pretty much very similar to the sort of bad guys in in the original RoboCop, you know that sort of a gang. Um, and dead early on in the film, they get taken away by the um, police. So all the occupants of the tenement decide to have a, a bit of a knees up, celebrate the fact that they're that they're finally gone and out of their hair, only for the police to let them go. And of course, the first place that they go is straight back to the tenement, and they um, they, they sort of t- terrorise um, uh, the tenants. And the tenants are, uh, you, you know, your typical mix. You've got a pregnant woman, an old widower, a blind man, some small kids, uh, a whore. And um, when the, when the gang get back to the tenement, they they start raping, they start start torturing, uh, they start killing. Uh, that is until the the occupants of of, of the building decide they're going to finally fight back, and you get some um, some great fight backs. You, you get some uh, electrocuting bed frames, uh, some pans of hot water, uh, some flying fridges. It all goes a little bit Home Alone um, in, in terms of the fight back. That sounds quite interesting. That sounds that, great. Yeah. <laughs> It, 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 it's it's not high quality, but it it was uh, a bit of entertaining uh, a bit of entertaining fare on Saturday night. Um, now I double billed that on Saturday night with a film. Again, I'm not sure whether you'll have seen a, a film called Savage Harvest. No, no, no. You you've probably seen a film that's very similar to it. You've seen the film Raw. Yes. The the amazing film with all the lions. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I haven't, but I know of it. So. Oh God. It, Ian, if you've not seen Raw, you have to. You have to because it is. It, it defies belief what they what they do in Raw. There's basically sort of forty or so lions just just uh, running around. Um, but yeah, this is this is probably its um, less interesting cousin. Um, but is still, it's a Tom Skerritt movie. It's a Tom Skerritt movie, and I think I, I've seen this. Right, and again, I can't believe how Tom Skerritt uh, signs up to it. In Raw, there's quite a famous actress as, as well, isn't there, who sort of signed up to put a, a life on the line. Um, so, yeah, you've got Tom Skerritt. He, he's, him and his, his family are living in, in Kenya, and basically they, they experience home invasion by lion. 
Um, so a, a pride of lions, <laughs> maybe 10 or, 10 or so of them, ring the house so they can't get out. And then they get into the house and start terrorizing them inside of the house. Um, it claims to be based on true events. I, I, personally, I, I can't see it. And it's not quite the insane experience that Roar is. But again, there's some unbelievable real life lion footage. And there must have been some uh, some injuries. I know during Roar, there were some really serious injuries yeah, sustained by, by the cast members. But I, I can't believe that Tom Skerritt uh, got away without being at least nibbled by these lions during this film and, and and what possessed him to want to do such a potentially dangerous film it is beyond me yeah i i i'm pretty sure i've seen it the tom skerritt thing rings a bell and the, the lions with that i just saw the the, the vhs thing. i think i'm pretty sure i read this on vhs <laughs> Yeah, again, again, it's it's not a quality watch, but I'd seen Raw, enjoyed Raw, so I thought I'll, I'll give this a poke, and uh, it, it, it's not quite as good, but yeah, what what a what a weird film for Skerritt to find himself in. Yeah, in Raw 18... is Raw is uh, Melanie Griffith in it. Uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, again, t- two actresses that you wouldn't think would be putting their, their lives on the line in in such a dangerous shoot. And Jan de Bont's the cinematographer on it as well. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think the only other one I watched, um, the sort of this side of Rogue One, uh, was uh, much more much more recent and up up to date. It was the um, latest Louis Theroux um, doc. I don't know if you've seen it, My Scientology Movie. The, the kind of the word on it slightly put me off because I've heard that it's just like just watch but going clear, which I already have. But I'm intrigued to see what you think. Um, yeah, well, I've I've not seen Going Clear, so I, I've not really got a, a comparison there. Um, and I, I've got to admit, I think it is slightly weaker, Louis. I've seen uh, much better uh, takes, but still interesting nonetheless. He he, he basically um, has been trying for a while to make a, a documentary on on the Scientology movement, and he he hasn't been able to to figure out a way in. And then someone suggests to him, um, why doesn't he? Um, almost try and make a movie about Scientology. So he he, he rocks up right near to where the the whole movement is based and he starts to um, advertise for actors. So he he hires an actor to play um, David Miscovich. He hires an actor to play Tom Cruise. He's not actually trying to make a whole film. He's basically hiring these actors to portray little scenes based on real life events. And the real life events are coming from a guy who used to be the his position title was the inspector general uh, within Scientology. He was one of the top brass and and then got out and left. Um, And basically they are acting uh, scenes as described by this chap. And because they're doing it right in the heart of Scientology country, it starts to get the movement's notice and they start to be um, followed by people in cars. They um, uh, meet some of these people on the street. Uh, Another documentary crew appear and starts filming them whilst they're filming. Um, So it, it does lead to some rather hilarious moments. You know how Louis can get into these moments where he where he has to take on people. Um, but it, it it it's missing a little bit of, of 
of what a normal Louis documentary does because when he tries to engage these folks um, bar one uh, one woman who, who seemed to like taking him on the rest of them just sort of sh- shrink back into the background when, when Louis does his usual stuff um, st- still worth a watch in my opinion but as I say not, not the best Louis documentary I've seen Fair enough Cool uh, Ian, uh, what have you been watching these past few weeks? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it quite quick because uh, I'm a little mindful of being a parent. So um... I've got I've got the Merseyside derby on pause, so oh, I'm, I'm avoiding man. seeing right. the scar. I'll tell you what. Do you just should we just like because you've got like know what we watched? Have you? So do you just want to pick it up next week? Uh, we can. We'll go. We'll go to the questions. We've got a few Star Wars related ones. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. One thing we'll quickly say. I watched the film Beyond the Gates. Have you heard of this? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The Barbara Crampton film. Barbara Crampton. I watched that the other day, um, and it's eighty-four minutes. Uh, I've just checked out the budget: three million dollars, which is insane because it doesn't look like it costs three million dollars oh, wow. uh, at all. Uh, the, the plot is that um, two brothers um, go back to uh, their hometown uh, to empty their um, dad's VHS store out, VHS rental store out, um, and find a board game. Uh, and it seems like that's the last thing he was playing in his office with a VHS board game. They then start playing it and realise that um, it might hold the key to where their, their father is. Um it, it's quite a lot of fun, actually. It's it's it's. I, I, I am I'm flabbergasted how this costs three million dollars when there's other films out there that cost three million dollars that look a lot better than that. Um, but it's it's kind of fun to be honest. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say avoid. Um, but when it crops up on Netflix, which inevit- inevitably will do, uh, it, it's certainly worth popping on one Friday or Saturday night. They interviewed the guy um, who made this on the Outside the Cinema podcast. Did they? Um, yeah, fairly recently. Um, so after that interview, I, I was keen to check this out. So um, you, you think it's worth a, a watch, Mark, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, do you know what? It's 85 minutes long. Uh, yeah. If it was 95 minutes long or close to 100 minutes, I'd probably be going, no, don't bother. But there's enough kind of fun nostalgia to it. Uh, and it's not just nostalgia, it's nostalgia part either. There's enough kind of fun, kind of whimsy to it. And the fact that things happen in, in a way where you go, where they, they go from, this this can't be right, to, to believing that, the, that this board game is talking to them really, really quickly. <laughs> um, and there's, there's some good kind of practical effects in there. It's, it's the sort of thing that at Fright Fest, if it played on like the, I don't know, the Sunday at about two o'clock, you'd be quite happy having watched it. Okay. And is Crampton a, a big part in it or have they just... She, um... plays the, um, she plays the voice of the video game. Um, oh. She plays that voice. Uh, so she's got quite a, a big part in it and it, it, it works really, really quite well for her. She's she's quite good at, at what it is. You know, the video game, it's it's constantly, it's her basically saying, right, now roll the dice for blah. But mm. it, it very quickly establishes that the video game is watching them. Um, and it's it works quite well. It's There's enough kind of horror in there. There's enough comedy in there and the performances, although it feels very amateurish the performances aren't bad they're not that's not 
the amateurishness of it. It just it feels very much excuse me, like a like a digital movie that's been made to look like it's been shot on on VHS, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I I, I would I would say with the way that if you're that way inclined, you'll probably get enough out of it to make it easily worth a watch. It won't be a that was shit. It'll be that was fun. Okay. Cool. Nice. Uh, yes, we do have we do have some questions, uh, and we do have a couple left over from last week, which we'll cover as well. Um, so first, uh, Jack Burton uh, at Mister F nineteen seventy eight. Obvious one, but which topic do you want explored uh, in a uh, SW standalone movie? Uh, Vader hunting down remaining Jedi would be awesome. Um, so, guys, what, what what would you like to see? But. Butchin man does the world's end. I've already said it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the galactic pub crawl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'd watch it. I, I, I'm going to go for something that has been um, uh, rumoured, um, particularly because uh, you and McGregor um, has sort of been been quoted as saying he, he he's potentially up for it I, i'd still like to see uh obi-wan kenobi the wilderness years yeah that would be yeah. fun i'd watch the fuck that, out that, of that. that's that's one that i would think must be they must have a, a, like a list of, of possible right what could we do you know not not a what are we going to do but a yeah. list of 10, 15, 20 movies that they go, what could we do? And the obvious ones have been ticked off. Right, plans for Death Star. There you go. Han, solo movie. Solo, solo movie. Done. And then going, looking at the other list and going, right, where can we pick these from? That must be on the fucking list there. Yeah. And I, I think with um, uh, with with Glover Caster's Lando in the, the, the young Han Solo movie, um, a, a Lando spin-off um, won't be won't be too far away in the future. And I think that could be pretty damn good as well. Um, uh, Lando does the, the, the gambling clubs, uh, Lando with the ladies. Um, it could be quite Lando entertaining. Lando with the ladies, it literally is the name of the film. Yeah, man. <laughs> could be good, couldn't it? Yeah, I, 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 want, I want more of Ben Mendelsohn. I want Ben Mendelsohn's struggle to get financing for the Death Star. <laughs> I, want, I want that movie. I want Ben Mendelsohn to be just there, just kind of wrapped with all he has is this dream of building a planet destroyer and everybody keeps on fucking with him and telling him he's crazy. And he's like, you, you fucking wait. You wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you all. I'm, I'm going to build a weapon that will fucking kill planets. And they'll go, yeah, of course you are. Yeah, a planet killer, and that's what that's why when he gets to the end of it, he's all like, "This is my fucking thing." So yeah, I want that. I want his struggle. Nice. I think uh, a, I think a, a Mace Windu spin-off. I'm, I'm sure Samuel L. Jackson uh, will, will work in anything you ask him to. So um, I, I think that's potentially an interesting he's possibility. He's well. making that now, just in case. <laughs> He's got the Samuel Jackson team on, and he's gone, right, let's start making this. And then when they green light, we can go, oh, we're already halfway there. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rick Kidd, uh, at Rick J. Kidd, uh, what other film series would you like to see a spin-off from, and what would the story be? Uh, 
that is an in, interesting um, one. Um, it's, it's sort of sticking close to um, the, the sort of Lucasfilm family. Um, could we do anything with um, Indiana Jones characters? Mm, I, I think there's a enough Salah of a, the early years. Yeah, there's enough of a sort of a universe there, or, or maybe um, short round the later years. Um, I, I think yes. there's in, enough of a universe there to, to definitely explore. Um, I mean, they, they sort of did, didn't they, in, in Last Crusade when they started with um, uh, Young Indy. And, of course, there have been the Young Indy Chronicles. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's there's probably some scope to, to revisit Indiana Jones w- w- without um, going all nuking the, the, the fridge again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely something they could have done with that if they wanted to expand that that kind of universe. Uh, I, I like a, a film set either either on the the prison uh, in Escape from New York or Escape from LA uh, that just kind of tells you a story about the day to day life of somebody in there because those worlds fascinate me. <laughs> so I'd say, I, 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 do you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go. It'll be. It'll be. Um, Oh shit! What's his name? Motherfucker! Can't remember his name. Peter Fonda's um, character in in Escape from LA. I want a spin-off movie of that guy. <laughs> That'd be great. That would it be would great. be great. That would be. I great. would watch the shit out of that. Go on, Ian. What be yours? The Indian from Wayne's World 2. <laughs> <laughs> the naked Indian. <laughs> yeah. I want to see what that guy's all about. Yeah, I, I can get down with that. The trash compactor monster from A New Hope. I'd like to see what <laughs> what he does in his spare time. I think he just compacts trash. I'll just clean trash out of his teeth. <laughs> um... We're coming from last week uh, again, Rick Kid, uh, Rick Jacob. Um, I often get asked to recommend films. What is the recommendation you most regret giving after the person hated the film? Never regret any of my fucking recommendations. I, I, I've always shied away from recommending films to people who, who kind of, it, unless it's people whose film kind of knowledge I know, in the sense is. When you tell people you're into films, they immediately they'll start asking you for recommendations, and it's like you're probably not gonna like a lot of the shit that I watch. <laughs> and it's one of those where you, where you feel like sort of saying something kind of obscure or a little bit what is it? And then you think I, I have I have no idea what you think is a good film, so why would I recommend something to you? Um, I would say. I think I think I told uh, Beck's parents to go and see Interstellar at the cinema, and then no, it was Inception at the cinema, and then they did, and uh, they came back and just sort of said, uh, "Oh, it was, it was really really good, really really good." It's like, all right, enjoy it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then about five minutes later, like, you know, didn't did really, did really get what's going on there. And I thought, oh. Do you know what? I, I forgot that, that when they watch a film, they kind of they have it on and they watch it, but they don't actually pay any attention to it at all. Yeah, that's uh, to the point 
Yeah, to the point where you they could watch a film the next and the next day you could say, I just like this bit, and they go, What bit was that again? Mm. It's like you, you you've you've literally had it on in the room and I haven't watched it. Um uh, any ideas from you, Steve, on that one? Anyone um, that you've really regretted making? <laughs> Not really. Again, I don't really recommend films un- unless I, yeah. I I think the person is ge- is going to like it. Um, we I I have a a, a group of sort of friends. Um, they're they're mainly colleagues I either currently work with or used to work with, and and we do um filmathon days at each other's houses where we go and watch six seven films in in a day, uh, all together. Drink rather too much, eat rather too much, etc. Um, and I I remember um they're not all of the same sort of um. Genre focus that I am, and I remember making him um, uh, watch Suspiria um, <laughs> once, and there were definitely a couple of uh, of the group who just could not cope with it at all. Um, the sort of bombastic nature of the the sounds and the colours, um, I think, really, really put um, some of them off. Are gentle for life, and um, <laughs> it, it, it's not really characteristic of all his output. No, no, it's certainly not. It's certainly not. Uh, final uh, question. Uh, Dan Arty uh, at Mondo Dan. In keeping with this week's big release, which Star Wars prequel best represents your personality? Episodes one to three only, fuckers. Three. <laughs> three. I'm, 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 gonna... I'm a Mardi bastard. At work, I can rather be like Anakin, where... You know, I would I would happily kill some younglings if it meant that people didn't keep on saying stupid fucking shit on calls that I then had to try and coach them out of. I, I, I'm going to go to in the fact that that I, I still exist, but I'm well aware that most people who come into contact with me don't get on with me. <laughs> and you've just stolen my answer completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so uh well that was that was episode 190 um which it contained a very good long star wars chat which was great because it's like it's the big film release of the year so thank you very much uh steve for, for joining us there um you said that the uh, star wars action news podcast comes out when does that come out yeah, uh, well, we did a, um, a a giant recording sesh last night. Um, so it's our big end of uh, end of year year in review show. So it'll actually come out in a in a couple of parts. Um, so there'll be one part that comes out before the end of the year, and then one part that starts the the next year. The first part is very much a, a Rogue One uh, breakdown and Rogue One review, and then the second part is very much collecting focus because that is even though we're a Star Wars podcast, it is very much about Star Wars collecting. So the second part will be, as I say, focused on the collecting aspect of 2016. Cool, cool. Look forward to, to that. I'm definitely going to listen to the, 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 the Rogue One bit of it. The collecting thing will probably go straight on my fucking head. Um, but I will be listening to the Rogue One thing just because it'll be interesting to hear people who, who know a lot more about this shit talk talk about it around me because I really did quite enjoy it. Um, so, yes, um, do the monkey at gmail.com, uh, do the monkey on Twitter, uh, at Ian Laurie on Twitter, at Doofus on Twitter, at TTP73 on Twitter. Uh, Ian, anything else? What are we covering next week? Passengers. Passengers. Yes, we are. We're covering passengers. Nice uh, post Christmas, pre New Year show. Should be a nice, yeah. relaxed one. 
Yes, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing passages, actually. I've seen it on Boxing Day after I finish a 13-hour shift. <laughs> I'm going to go see it uh, Wednesday night, because why not? I think, it, I think it's going to flop hard. I so do I. <laughs> it's not reviewing very well, and Rogue One's going to suck all of the oxygen out of the room for sci-fi. Definitely yes. going to do shit. Yeah. I think I, I think it's going to be one of those films that everybody will think has done shit, and it'll quietly make just enough money for it to not be a disaster. Mm, is what I think on, on that. I think it'll be it'll creep money because I think it, it's become a bit of a tradition the Christmas movie thing, and that feels like a lot of people will go and watch that sort of in that week in between. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'm looking forward to it. I would go and watch it before Christmas, but I've just not get time. Um, so yes, so thank you very much for listening. That was episode 190. We bid you farewell. Bye bye. Till next December. <laughs> <laughs>